Welcome back to Board Draw. This is episode six. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this week, guys. Yeah, yeah we got Hello, a lot to talk about. Hello, ladies and gents. We're back. Yeah, it's exciting. We're getting close to us yet. We're getting closer to the beginning of the season. Yeah, everybody. Uh, fantasy's live. That's when you know beginning of the season is coming. That's it. That's when, when fantasy f- goes live. You take a like you know a little month break from football in your brain, but like it's in the back of the brain. Yeah, it's always in the back. And then suddenly, yeah, fantasy Bosh. goes live. And and, um, and we got some. There's always transfer news. Yeah, it's, some it's, window, football can never be out of your head because when football's not on, transfers are happening, and when it's on, it's on. There's always drama of football. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I hope we're going to start off by talking about yeah, talking Mr. about drama, Mr. Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo drama. Uh, yeah. I mean, so he's not turned up for training. He's not turned up for training. He's clearly he's not happy that they didn't get Champions League. Yeah. Um. I don't know what he's thinking about Ten Hag, but yeah, he had, he had to take a uh, salary cut, didn't he? All the Man yeah, United so players. all the Man United players. He's down to a, the poor guy's only down to like three hundred eighty million. Was it fifteen percent or twenty five? I think it was, it was fifteen. I think. Yeah. I think he went from four fifty to three eighty. He went or something from the like highest that. played player in the Prem to the highest paid player in the Prem. Yeah, I think so it's only. I think it's De Bruyne is after him. Yeah, and then and I then think maybe Salah now. I think Haaland as well. And, Haaland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, anywho, so Ronaldo, not turning up for training. Not turning up for training. Um, apparently, he's been meeting with Chelsea's Yeah, so at first, the first day he didn't turn up, the excuse was family grievances, which could be true, could not be true. It's not our prerogative to say. We don't know. Yeah, in well, I mean, we're never going to are we? second day, he hasn't turned up and the family grievances excuse hasn't been there. Instead, it's him talking to Chelsea. So you can buy into the family grievances as much as you want if he's playing transfers on the side or whatever. I think obviously they're never going to out and out say, especially about their sort of like star man, they're yeah, never going to yeah. be like, yeah, by the way, we're just going to let him talk to one of our direct <laughs> rivals. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. obviously it's a very weird situation. Um, Before we talk about him to Chelsea, where do you think he should be part of the Man United project the new rebuild or I think do you, you know what worth I think for Ten Hag if he leaves and it's of his own accord it works out for Ten Hag because he yeah. gets then a clean slate that's a lot of money off for the me, wage bill for me that's the main thing it's if Ten Hag wants to do this new era he can't have any baggage from the old era and not no. the Ronaldo's baggage but you want a proper clean slate. I mean, we've had players come out in the past say he's hard to play with because he he just demands not he demands so much from his teammate, but he demands so much of the limelight because he is that good. He is that good. Uh, but yeah, when you if, have Ronaldo in your team as well, the wage structure is just automatically broken. Well, that's that's the thing we'll talk about with Chelsea in a minute. But I think yeah, obviously for Ten Hag, he's if he goes, that's that is goals that you will lose. But Ten Hag, Ten Hag is very much a, a systemic manager. He uses a system. Yeah. Um, which has been proven to work in the past. He used D- Dutton Tadic at Ajax. He yeah. used him brilliantly in a false nine role. He got a crazy number of assists in the season. Did well, he break Martial Messi's record? Could, yeah, I think Martial can come back and do business. Yeah, of course. I mean, every player's got a I new like chance. Martial at a false nine. Yeah, everyone's got, got a clean slate now under Ten Hag. He's obviously looking to bring in his own players, Frankie yeah. De Jong, uh, Martinez, um, potentially Anthony, Anthony as yeah. well. And um, he brought in that Malasia that he looked Malassia, at. Malasia, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, obviously a lot of stuff going on at United now, and Ten Hag's clearly got a vision. He he has a, a very. Um, I assume that's why he got hired. He, they were like, "Shit, we've tried the big managers with the big names with the good." We tried managers who, who've been part of the club history, exactly, but. We need a project. We need someone. Someone with his own identity. Yeah, exactly. And Ten Hag would bring that. And obviously, 
the problem for United are going to be where the goal is going to come from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they do have a good goal scorer midfield, especially if Rashford can come back and hit some form. Yeah. He'll get goals. Fernandes will get goals as well. Um, if they bring in, like, Jane Sancho, he's got a big season ahead of him. Ericsson assists. Ericsson as well. Ericsson's reportedly, is according to David Orstein, he's um, agreed. a three-year deal. Three-year yeah. deal. So that'll be good for them. But I look at United's team, I think that focal point is going to be missing, especially if Ronaldo's not there. But um, another thing with Ronaldo is that he doesn't offer anything off the ball. He he will not yeah. he will not press. He will not make the runs. Yeah, unless well, I think that's why he got slated benefit. at the start of last season, isn't it? Because the main night were doing okay, and but he was the one that was getting the kind of stick because he didn't he wasn't doing enough from the front, and then it kind of flipped. United got shit, but he got good. So the rest of the team got the stick, and it was Ronaldo carrying. And it does never seem that like he's either doing enough with the team or the team's doing enough with him. It's always like one or the other. I yeah, think they need to kind of. Pass. I think I think for Ten Hag, if Ronaldo leaves, he, it won't be anything that will hurt him too much. I think he he knows what how he wants to play. Obviously, very um, possessive style of football, yeah. nice build up play, which is very opposite to uh, Ralph Rangnick's uh, gegenpress, press, yeah. the constant pressing, which you never ever get Ronaldo. The best managers in the world will never get that Ronaldo. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think very good, very good clean slate for um, Ten Hag. I think what is what is next for Ronaldo? If we look at him going to Chelsea. So yeah, the links were that he wants to stay in the Prem and he still wants Champions League football. He thinks he's still up for winning the major trophies. He's still up for playing at the highest level. And so Chelsea, obviously their new owners are coming in trying to make a big statement that even though Roman's gone, we're still going to invest in the club. The club is still going to be at the top echelon of the, yeah. the so world obviously they, they've spent so they're like yeah let's talk to Neymar let's talk to Ronaldo yeah so they've been linked with Neymar Ronaldo um, tonight it's been confirmed that they have agreed a deal with Raheem Sterling which we'll big, talk about later big move um, like but yeah I just think when you've got a player like Ronaldo they've lost Lukaku right yeah didn't work out okay fine but Lukaku, he he presses. He he will press. Yeah. He will make runs. He doesn't play that sort of target man role that people think he should because of his size. But he is maneuver. He's agile. He's maneuverable. He he gets in behind as well. But as Ronaldo a Chelsea won't do fan, that. though, would you happily get rid of Lukaku's press if he scored the goals? Because you've got Mount. Who's yeah, good of course at you can. But I think the way that football goes now, it's not about uh, yeah just signing a striker who will who will score you twenty five goals a season. It's I about think that's it's what, what Chelsea want though. It's about building a system of play that works and creating a real identity within yeah. your club of a style of football. I'm not sure that's Chelsea. I think it is because Tuchel is good at that. That is what know. Tuchel I does. I think for me, Chelsea, all they do when it comes to number nine, I think everywhere else they've got a system, and then they always just. Can I get a number nine that scores goals? Can I get a number nine? That's what they wanted. From yeah, Lukaku. I mean, That's obviously, from last Lukaku. week we touched on that with their terrible transfer history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but would Ronaldo work in that style? Of, uh, that style that Tuchel's got. I mean, they've got a like a pr- very good pressing midfielder in Kante, but he's not going to be able to do it as much. Like he's 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 he needs that like forward player dropping back as well, coming into a, a press their defensive midfielders. And the more I think about it, you know, I like the idea of Ronaldo at Chelsea. Obviously, I think like the way structure is the big thing. Yeah. But I think if there's any club that fucking money is no object, apart from the likes of City, PSG and that, it's Chelsea. And I think all Chelsea want is a striker that scores goals. They've had so many strikers, like we talked about last week, that have come in and not scored goals. I think if they had a striker that literally did nothing apart from score goals, they'd be buzzing with that. I, and Ronaldo would do that. I see the point. But like, 
then why aren't they going for someone like Robert Lewandowski instead of Ronaldo? I think they a have, more out and out striker. Really, I think they probably will kind of put some feelers out there for Lewandowski. And we'll talk about Lewandowski and what's going on with him a little bit later. We've got a lot to talk about later on. <laughs> I think um, Chelsea probably will and probably have put feelers out for someone like Lewandowski. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd be stupid not to, right? He, yeah. If he doesn't want to be uh, at Bayern, I mean, a guy who scores crazy, crazy goals, crazy, crazy amount of goals per season. He is one of the play- few players that you look at and think he probably could do it in the Prem. Oh, yeah. 100%. Without question. Even, like at his age, he'd still yeah, get a couple no of problem. seasons out of him. Um, While we're on yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, and we spoke about Raheem Sterling, what do you think about that deal, Sterling from City to Chelsea? I really wanted the name I want to happen just to see yeah, them in the Premier well, League, I but I think nice, but... the Raheem Sterling deal is a shrewd bit of business. I yeah, think same. he's proven. I know I he gets the, a lot the of price stick. is around like forty-five mil, which I think yeah. is quite good. He's young still. He's not old at he's all. Like Twenty-six, he's, but he's got he's got so much experience. So much experience. And do you know what he? is just a good player like he just genuinely is a good player he gets a lot of stick from uh, England and City fans for missing a lot of opportunities but he creates a lot I of opportunities I think he's easily England's just constantly best performing player yeah he's consistent for England and City whenever I watch him in the team and then see without him City struggle a lot more without him he's so direct I think as well if he's playing for Chelsea he's going to get a more consistent run of games oh, it's yeah, not going to be that rotation that Pep Roulette, uh, that Pep Roulette. Yeah, yeah, so you can only benefit him I think for well. Sterling it's a good move for Chelsea it's a good move for I mean, City I know they've got like an abundance of attacking talent. options but I feel like losing him is not smart especially like if I was a City fan and I know they signed Haaland and that's massive and they signed Julian Alvarez um, who could Phillips. potentially be massive um, if I lost Gabriel Jesus and Sterling in the same window I'd be a little bit a little bit iffy about it obviously You've got to trust Pep. He's won you so much in the past four or five years. So you can't really moan too much. But for me, that's two of like City's best players that are going out the door. I think if you question what this means for Manchester City losing those two players, I think it obviously goes back to the roots of Haaland coming in. Yeah. He's not a player that's going to play tiki tacker around the box. Mm-hmm. And I don't think their build up is going to be any different from their defence to the midfield, but I think their play around the final third is going to be very different. Yeah. And I think maybe that is what why he is moving out players like Gabriel Jesus, getting good money for them, you know, yeah, and taking them true. off the wage bill as well. Like obviously yeah, they still have to crazy. abide by FFP. So yeah. but I think their play style around the edge of the box is going to be much different. I think it's gonna be a lot more crosses going into the box yeah. this season. Also I feel like Haaland is someone that He'll come in and he'll play most games. So, the like the forward, the forwards in that team already had pretty sporadic and like you don't need rotation. Yeah, players like exactly that. So Sterling's chances say he played one in every three games with Haaland in and playing pretty much every game. I'm assuming Sterling will probably end up playing like one in every four games. And as a forward, they're both young, Gabriel Jesus and Sterling. So you're probably looking at that thinking in my peak do I want to be playing one in four games or do I want to be the star man at a different club and that's what Gabriel Jesus said when he signed for Arsenal when he did his um, like yeah his unveiling interview he was like I want to be the star man and I assume that's Sterling's getting into that kind of age now where he wants to be the main man and needs to be a main man somewhere and clearly Tuchel looked at him as something that will add to their attack I mean they've got 
you know they've got quite a young strike force I mean Werner's I, not old I like the like the idea Havertz, of Sterling Havertz, Sterling and Mount, Mount I like that as well. a lot yeah it's so dynamic isn't yeah, it yeah the press it's really dynamic heavy, yeah I think we touched on this a little bit last week with the Rafinha saga um do you reckon there's more players making moves this summer in a bid for more consistent first team football just due to the Qatar World Cup yeah, obviously maybe. Raheem Sterling is going to be pretty much nailed to be in the England squad he's one of Gareth Southgate's favourite and like you said one of England's most consistent performers but do you think players are more likely to take a risk going to another club where you know obviously Jesus has gone from Man City being a, uh, like a squad player to Arsenal where undoubtedly he'll be one of the main, main men, men yeah um in a bit to, uh, you know, shine and get a starting so. spot in think, the team. Like, one thing is just, obviously, like you said, he was a bit squad player and so Sterling. Just to get your name out there even more than it already is, obviously, they're already known by their national coaches. But when you put yourself out there for one of the league's most expensive transfers, you're automatically going to be in the news. People, People can't help but look. Eyes are going to be on you. And if you deliver, you're automatically in your national team. Yeah. Um, staying on the topic of Chelsea, um, a bit of drama with yeah, attacking option Armand Brozier, yeah. So Brozier spent his season last season on loan at Southampton, and I'm going to be the first one to say I assume most people nobody had a clue who he was no. pre Southampton loan, and he he was just another one of those Chelsea mill yeah, players. Like, yeah, obviously Chelsea got a fucking naughty academy that churn out players who just get loaned they, left, right, Yeah, literally, they must make so much money on their loan fees. Left, right and centre. And he was probably just another one in the pipeline that he'd get loaned out and then they'd just sell him off for... Have like, a good little loan spell and yeah, then like that medium money just off to a different club. But he put himself in the limelight at Southampton, knocked out people like Che Adams. Who did they sign from fucking Blackburn? Armstrong. Was it from Blackburn? Yeah, Armstrong. Yeah. Who's a big money signing? He, he, he displaced to be fair, him pretty much. I'm sure. I thought Armstrong was performing well. To be fair, but I, like Broyer just came straight in, scored. He was a young, hungry kind of Chelsea loanee. Anyway, so everyone was kind of eyes on him. De- delivered pretty much the whole season, and kind of everybody's talk was where what's he going to do this summer? Is he going to say pretty much the same with Conor Gallagher? Yeah, literally the same as Conor Gallagher. Had such a good loan spell, and it was are they going to go back to preseason? Is Tuchel going to have a look at them? And are they good enough to get into this Chelsea squad or are they going to go on another loan? Are they going to sell them? With Conor Gallagher, it looks like he's getting a look in at pre-season. I think he, he obviously, I think, personally, I think he had a better season than Breuer. Yeah, I think yeah, Breuer's think season so. was very sporadic. He didn't really make a name for himself until later on in the season. Um, but I think, so basically what happened with Breuer is he... Chelsea have gone abroad for They've pre-season. gone to the US for a pre-season tour. And, and Tuchel just told him to stay in London. Yeah, so Tuchel announced the squad that was either. going abroad and Breuer wasn't in it. He said, you can either stay in London and uh, get ready for pre- uh, like pre-season when we return or you can leave, basically. Which is a bit crazy because if I was Breuer, I'd be looking at that and like... Oh my God, my laptop's spazzing. Um, so if I was looking at that, I'd, ha- I'd be like, I've had a good season. I've gone to a team that aren't scoring goals, struggling up top and need a striker. And that is literally what I've just done on my loan. The fact that I'm not even getting a look in at pre-season makes me think I'm out of here. Yeah. I think, um, I, th- I think it'd be a great signing for teams like a team like West Ham. Someone I've who's looking to... Everton link with him. I've yeah, Everton as well. I mean, these teams need a goal scorer up front. Everton I know, I know Antonio, like, 
he does score goals, but it's so inconsistent. Yeah. He'll, he'll have games where he'll go on a run where he scores like seven goals in four games. But he's young. That comes that comes with the territory of a young player. Who's that, Breuer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Antonio. Oh, okay. Antonio, yeah, yeah. He, he scored, he has a scintillating start to last season. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then I think he didn't score any goals like from Christmas till like yeah. March or something. Antonio gets run into the ground at West Ham because they only have one option. Yeah, I mean, he, I know he went on like a special treatment thing where yeah. he's like looking after his hamstrings and stuff but I, I know a lot of West Ham fans who don't even think Antonio's the answer they need to no yeah I agree with that better. I think he'd be a good move for West Ham because he doesn't immediately I, I think we tweeted this from the account a while ago he doesn't immediately displace Antonio because Antonio's obviously their number nine and he's going to be their main man for at least another season or two but is young enough that he's willing to be that second fiddle for a couple more years because he's still what like 18 and then when Antonio is on his like last legs and has to play maybe one in every other three games or whatever, then Breuer is like 21 and already had like three or four seasons in the Prem. He's got the experience. And he can step into that number nine role. I mean, the problem is though, you know, you don't get three or four seasons out of a player before. You Especially, don't. I mean, obviously Breuer's got a lot of talent. He, he's clearly a very talented yeah, player. Right, right. Um, but I think... Yeah, like you say, I moved to somewhere like West Ham, back to Southampton. I think for me, if I was him, I'd either look at West Ham or Everton. I think Everton, after losing Richardson, need another player in that ilk that can play anywhere across the front three. And I think he can do that. Obviously, you've got to compete with Calvert-Lewin, but like we said last week, Calvert-Lewin's been shit recently. Maybe what Calvert-Lewin needs is someone to come in. Take the pressure off Take the pressure off with and also challenge him for yeah. the top spot and so yeah I think and obviously he's probably worked I don't know if they came across each other Frank Lampard and Breuer while Frank Lampard was at Chelsea but they probably crossed paths and so maybe Frank likes the look of him yeah Um, moving across the uh, channel we'll uh, we'll talk about a little bit about PSG got a new manager in now Pochettino out Pochettino's out Christopher Galtier in. Yeah, I don't know where Pochettino's going to go, but maybe that's a discussion for Apparently, he came out in the media the other day and said he wants to come back to the Prem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who would have him. Who would have him? Everybody seems to have a pretty set manager these days. I know know United were looking at him for a long, long time. um, And Spurs were talking about... There was talk that Spurs might bring him in after Mourinho left. Yeah, and there was talk as well when Conte... When the PSG job first became like precarious for Pochettino that PSG wanted Conte, Conte and that... Spurs were going to take Poch back but I mean maybe Conte he's buying his time until like one of those top six yeah you know yeah maybe um, but yeah what, what do you think for PSG what do you think this means I like the idea so he came from is it Nuns I think yeah. he came from Nuns I don't know if that's how it's pronounced but um, I like the idea that they haven't just gone and splurged money on the big name like they Zidane, Zidane or Conte yeah. They've kind of done what Man United or Arsenal or someone like that. Sort of what Dortmund like to do. Just gone for a manager in their league that is kind of not the big name tier below that, and a bit of a project manager, a bit of an understated one that isn't gonna. It was Nice. Nice. I knew it, it began with nice. an N, and so yeah. But yeah, so he did well there, and then um, yeah, I like the idea of an understated signing for PSG because. Obviously, all PSG are these days is money, money, money. And so they could have afforded the biggest manager in the biz. I mean, the fact that they've kind of taken a look at themselves. Obviously, they got the new sporting director in as well. 
So that maybe they maybe are... Maybe a change in, change in philosophy around the club. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they are looking for a... Like they've seen that in like the last four seasons... Splashing unlimited cash isn't working. I, I give it Christmas like, until Mbappe's playing player <laughs> manager. Yeah. Um, talking about is it Gatier? Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, he's been in the French league for since 2009 with Saint Etienne. Um, he has spells at Lille and obviously recently Nice. Um, 40% win rate at Saint Etienne for uh, 51.32 at um. Lil and then last season's win rate 53% do you know who's Nice. who's got the highest win rate of any PSG manager who Unai Emery oh is it what a man is yeah, it yeah, yeah. masterclass I, honestly I, I think he just gets slept on because of like his meme time at Arsenal and like the his boring football the maybe fucking good evening and all that jazz but I think there's a manager in, well, he know, he's proved it himself he doesn't need to we know, yeah, we know us, he's a manager in I think he just got memed a bit in England but I think um, what it is for him. yeah I mean obviously PSG just absolutely stacked score for that league and they'll most likely win it again they could literally put anyone they wanted yeah. in charge they made a couple of good signings in the midfield they signed um, I can't remember a couple of free transfers that were quite good and I was like oh like, look at that. Yeah, I think there I, is maybe definitely it's a, a new kind of philosophy. Yeah, I 100% think there is a new philosophy. And I think that stems from the sporting director. And so, yeah, I think PSG may be one to watch. Obviously, fucking, they've got to kind of reduce the wage bill because they've got Mbappé like, the fattest. Yeah. I think, um, like, obviously, they're apparently looking to off Neymar, which I mean, off him as in just take him out. I mean, take him out of the squad. I don't, know, I don't know what the other plans are, but you never know with clubs like PSG, some <laughs> yeah, dodgy true. stuff going on behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah. Um, don't off us though. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's an interesting topic and probably one to discuss another time as well in more depth. Um, talking about other clubs that have got big, I was going to say talking about PSG. Oh, a little clip on Talk Sport. Oh, okay, from about yeah, Mr. yeah, no, okay, yeah, Danny Mills. Yeah, he said. And I'll quote, no uh, top six club in the Premier League would take Lionel Messi right now. And I think that is an outrageous statement. There's so much we can unpack from this statement. Not only just the statement on its own, but just talk sport as a platform. We'll talk about the statement first. And like you said, the statement is that no top six team in the Prem would want Messi, which... Don't know you I guys. think the only it's argument the for that biggest load of waffle. I've it is waffle. Ever heard. I mean, I think the the argument is like maybe he's not up to the level that uh, Liverpool and City need. I think he still is. Um, so I don't care. That, so top six team that includes. So it's the big six. It's Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, City, United, Liverpool. Let's just he walks into four out yeah, of those let's six ignore teams. City easy. and Liverpool for now. But I still he think he, I still think Arsenal. he plays for City. And oh Liverpool, yeah, hundred percent. Because they're like kind of a tier above the other four. We'll talk about those in a sec. Arsenal, he walks into the team immediately. Spurs, he walks into the team immediately. United, let's not even banter. He'd be their star signing for like a couple more years. He's that good, and yep. United are that bad. Chelsea. Maybe they're a tier above the three, the other three, the other three but, but he still, still walks into that yeah, team. still walks into that team. Yeah, obviously the only thing that people would be, oh, the only reason he wouldn't walk in is because the wage structures and the financial fair play and everything like that. But if he, if he was to here to sign on a free yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. and he was on like normal player wages, you know. He walks into he that He walks team. into every, every like, and I, I you can and even make an argument for Liverpool, Liverpool and City. I think he'd be perfect for a player full snap role in, in the yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool team. I think he gets into the team. The front three can do what they want. They could either play Darwin Nunes and they 
play, play like Messi a more, out wide. Yeah, they play a more forward or, front yeah. three with Messi like deeper, or they play Messi as a false nine, like you said, and have two like Salah and Diaz on the sides, and they go round Messi. He, I think he plays for Liverpool, and he's in their best starting eleven. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any club in the world that turns down Lionel Messi. No. And then City probably is like the hardest one to kind of say maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But he still does because it's messy. Obviously, he'd have to play. He's not going to play up front. He's not going to play up front because you've got Haaland. And the person that he'd displace his role is probably De Bruyne. I don't and know. I think he like he can play out wide on the left. Phil Messi, Foden. Oh, you can play him pretty much but anywhere. But he, he, like, obviously he doesn't have that acceleration he used no. to have. But I mean, he'd play out wide on the left as a, as a wide playmaker. For me, the statement that he no team wants him, every team wants him, and he's in every team starting eleven and maybe cities he's in their squad but the fact that he said no top 16 wants Messi is just fucked like, it's pure clickbait it is pure it is literally which takes me onto the topic they've, they've had the producer talking there they've made a topic and they've gone yeah yeah let's just uh, let's just say something raucous and get some words uh, and get some clickbait talk sport as a whole do you think it's just a company that get people on that have fucking stupid opinions but they can't tell their stupid opinions because the people at the top are also just as stupid. And so it's just a pool of stupid opinions that get spurted out and memed and clicks and all that. Or are the upper upper tier at TalkSport very wise and cunning? And they're like, let me get in people that are purposefully stupid that we can get a click out of all the stupid stuff. Or do they just decide, let's get people who on who actually know stuff about football, but give them stupid topics to discuss and tell them that they have to discuss it against each other, <laughs> which I think is definitely the case. I think, like, occasionally you do get the, the, the odd, like, decent topic out of them, where it is a general good mm-hmm. discussion. But saying something like that, like Messi wouldn't go get, get into any of the top six teams in the Premier League is ridiculous. That is literally being conjured up out of a cesspit of social media yeah. hype. Let's get some views, let's get some clickbait. People are going to click on it, they get all the Messi fanboys on it, they get the Ronaldo fanboys uh, backing them up. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a bit disgusting, but I mean, it works for them. I don't think Tort Sport as a whole is a terrible, terrible <laughs> organization. I think they do have some like redeeming qualities. Now, I, like, I like some parts of Talk Sport. We like Laura Woods. Laura Woods, yeah, I, mean, I like Alan Brazil as well. I think it's funny. Brazil, yeah. You know? But yeah, I mean, the statement is mad, it's crazy. Um, another player who is a bit older than Messi, a bit of a legend though, Big Zlatan. He's uh, committed to Milan for another year. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not much to say on that. Is uh, is Latin? He does what he wants. Apparently, he played last season. He tore his ACL, or whatever. But um, do you see uh, Hakan Chalanoglu came out came at, for at the end of the last season and was like, "Fucking hate the state of Latin." He didn't He's do like, anything. Didn't do anything. But then, as soon as the media arrives, they're like, "Latin's the guy. He loves the attention." Imagine, like, I don't know if Chan Ogley's still there this season, but surely you just come back into the dressing rooms like, this is a bit awkward. After winning the, after they won yeah. the league, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they, up, they? he's doing something right, they're winning the league. Mm. I mean, he obviously scores some important goals from him. He's a big um, personality in the dressing room, so, yeah. and that winning mentality is probably unmatched, isn't he? do my head in. Yeah, he definitely would. Um, sticking in Europe, moving on quickly, um, Bayern Munich, Lewandowski, Barcelona, talk to me. So, Obviously, it's been in the news a while that Barcelona are looking at Lewandowski. And um, classic Barcelona, they're poor as fuck and want to do some kind of payment over like a certain period of time to 
kind of alleviate the Put financial burdens. Yeah, exactly. But Bayern Munich allegedly, this is all kind of up in the air at the moment. Have said they don't want any installments for the Lewandowski deal because so they want all the cash up front because someone at Bayern Munich believes that in a couple of years' time, Barcelona won't even exist anymore. Yeah, within two years. So they're saying Barcelona are in so much financial and kind of everything else, really, crisis, that if they keep going as they are, they'll, like, fucking fold as a club. Yeah, and uh, so that's uh, from a journalist at The Athletic. It is an interesting conversation to have, and you could literally do a 12-hour podcast, and you wouldn't even cover half of the Barcelona's financial trouble at the minute. Um, I mean... I can't see Lewandowski going to Barcelona. I know he's got his like heart set on it or whatever, like Rafinha, but yeah. if they can't pull up the money and like do you, do, you, do you sell like players like Dembele, you know, in just an attempt to get a, th- like, a 35 was it 34 35 year old striker yeah, that's true. in who's going to give you like two seasons in there that's on stupid wages. You know. Um yeah, it's just, you know, it, it they they they've, I mean, they've dug like, themselves a hole. Absolutely driving seat, aren't they? They don't need to sell him. And if they do, they can I mean, demand what they want, when they want, how they want. I mean, Bayern have literally dominated their, their domestic league and they've done it by shrewd signings, by signing yeah. the best players from the other clubs around them, which is the way to do it. Because that way you weaken the teams around you and you get better yourself. And yeah, you yeah. sign them on like fairly low um, pays. They've got a lot of players on free transfers as well. Like back in the day, they got Hummels and Goetz on. Like, they've got Gravenbeck now. Well, that wasn't a free transfer, but that's a yeah. good transfer. So it's obviously like, yeah, they're man. doing something right and yeah, Barcelona in big, big trouble. Dembele apparently he's been told uh, he's got to agree to their financial uh, like sign a new contract with lower wages basically yeah that's what they're doing they're kind of going to all their players aren't they and they mean like if you want to stay you need to reduce your contract they did that with Frankie De Jong yeah and I remember PK as well yeah. Um, but yeah I mean yeah talking about De Jong as well Man United still still up in the air no one has gone on <laughs> I there. saw you liked a tweet earlier of like so the caption from like the journal was the Ten Hag, Ten Hag yeah. talks to Frankie De Jong every day and then it's just a picture of like this geezer on the phone on his bed with, with his, his legs up. Yeah, 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 that's so it, funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, United have also, as of today, submitted a £51 million being, uh, bid for Anthony from Ajax, which would be a good sign for them. But how many wingers can they get in which don't turn out to be good? Yeah, but, they've got so many wingers on the books, don't they? They've got Alanga, they've got Rashford, they've got Martial, they've got Sancho. You know, it's fucking, how many more do they yeah. need? They've got young players as well coming through as well, like Tahit Chong as well. Yeah. Done well at Birmingham last season. And then if they sign Anthony, Ajax will probably be laughing because they're going to make an absolute steal. So they're making so much, so, so much, much money. money. Um, but yeah, I mean, Anthony, I, I just remember watching Champions League and thinking of this guy is like the epitome of Brazilian yeah, techie like every time he gets the ball like is it him who's done that mad like uh, takedown like, touch yeah, 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 the yeah. back heel so nice unbelievable I think yeah obviously would be a good signing for them I don't yeah. think it'd be a bad sign for any club I think further back on the pitch instead of going forward obviously linked with Martinez the centre back Sandro Martinez been, I think he's he'd be a good sign he's got a lot about him young it's very tenacious. different to you Argentinian defender. What they have at the minute, obviously they've got Rand who's there for the experience and he's a big player. He's fairly technical, yeah. but they've got Harry Maguire who is not technical he's at all. Like and then they've got, they're intrigued with uh, Lissandro Martinez. It's five foot nine like centre about Lissandro Martinez. Yeah, the height isn't great, but what he can do, is he can play centre back, he can play left back, he can play CDM, which in its, in its own is very good skill set to that have. That is what you want Ten players had these days. The 
can play multiple because, positions. So like uh, Timber as well, he was playing that right centre back role, but would also push into that centre defensive midfielder yeah. and playing and a double pivot. If you've played with the manager before. That's already something that will put you in good stead. Like yeah. you know, if you go to that club, like normally if you're a new signing, you're like worried about ah. Oh, I'm getting signed, but I've got to prove myself. He's already proved himself under Ten Hag, so he could he could probably think to himself, "If I get this move to the Prem, which if the media's right, he says he's like he's keen on the Prem and wants to move." So I think that'd be a good signing for United. I think we we just discuss what it means for them, though. Like, is it important to have to be a centre back and be six foot five? You know. Is that important in today's game? Well, Obviously, the game is I'd more... I'd rather a tall centre-back. Of course you would, but the game is way more technical now than it was, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, even. Um, and the ability to be able to play out of defence is so, so important. Yeah. And, like, you you are looking... Like, ideally, you want a player like Van Dijk, who is, is six, can, foot, like six foot five can play, and can like play football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but you don't get that all the no, time. Martinez a, guy, he started as a centre midfielder, which is why his technical ability on the ball is like insane. And then he's dropped back. So he's like a, a defender, like you're saying, Van Dijk, that's so good on the ball, but doesn't have the physicality of Van Dijk. But if you look at uh, Martinez... I still think he's got it in him. I aerial think. stats. Is, is aerial decent. stats are like yeah. you... They're that of a normal, if not mm. above average centre back. Um, But yeah, I think... It offers something to United that they don't really have in that centre-back pairing. I mean, Lindelof, Eric Bailly. Maguire. I like Eric Bailly. I like Eric I Bailly as well. He, I think he's been like stuck through injuries and hasn't really had a chance to fully prove himself. But yeah, I like um, Eric Bailly. Uh, yeah, I think I think the signing of Lissandra Martinez could be a bit a shrewd bit of business for them. Yeah. But I mean, I how many ask. shrewd bits of business do they need? Especially if they sign him though. Their squad is looking like rather small on the uh, stature size. They yeah. don't really have any big aerial threats. Obviously, you got Ronaldo; he stays mm. very good in the air. You got Maguire, you got Varane, but yeah. like you know, they've lost Matic, haven't they? Yeah. So, and their midfield is like McTominay, um, Fred. Fred's not winning <laughs> any headers, is he? No. Um, you've got maybe Frankie Dion coming in, Ericsson as well. Ericsson's not the best defensive midfielder. I know he played in the double pivot yeah. at Milan, in Milan, but um that was more for his pressing ability and his deep line passes. Um, so yeah, perhaps this is something they do need, but if you're a United fan, set pieces would be a worry for you. Yeah, 100%. Big, big worry. We're on the topic of, um, I, well, we're kind of on topic of Ajax raking in the cash, talking Martinez to Man United, Anthony to Man United. Ajax player, Haller has gone to Dortmund. Big Sebastian Haller, yeah. We obviously saw him at uh, West Ham. I think he's came out recently and said heavy, that, but... I think he came out recently and said, he's three, four times the player he is now. Yeah, and he, well, he, he tore it up. He's, isn't he like top of the leaderboard in the Champions League for like most goals in the group stage? Yeah, he, he had a phenomenal Fucking season. Such a good them. season at Ajax. And like, fingers crossed for Dortmund, they've got a really good, good eye for like picking out great strikers, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly you, you've, had, yeah, you've yeah. literally had Lewandowski, you have Haaland, Abama you had Aubameyang, you had, uh, you've got Alexander Isaac who's still young and yeah. he's doing well for Sweden as well in the internationals. Um, so yeah, another shrewd bit of business for them. I don't think it's a massive fee either. I think it's no. I think it's a good signing. But yeah, and obviously they have just a, yeah, like I say, great history of picking players and being able to sell them off a massive value. So very much like the Ajax. Yeah, I yeah. think he'll do business at Dortmund. I think they've got they've made quite a lot of good signings this summer. They signed uh, Sula from yep. Bayern Munich. They Kareem Adeyemi. 
It's a good signing. Yeah, Adiem is a very they good signed signing. Um, Schlotterbeck, good defender. So yeah, I think obviously they fucking just cashed in on all the Haaland money and were like, let's just get the boys in. Um, Premier League, Steven Bergvine has, well, he's leaving to go the other way back to Ajax or well, not back to Ajax but to Ajax yeah um, 25 million-ish I think it's like 36 million euros five year contracts I think this was uh, Fabrizio Romano shout out um, I think he'll always be remembered for that Leicester comeback that Leicester comeback that is pretty much solely what dropped Arsenal out of the top four because there was game, a lot of things that solely well, dropped yeah, Arsenal out of the top four but um, that Leicester comeback I just had that as a Leicester win how are you conceding two goals in the last minute are you he only okay. came on about five minutes before the I was end like, as you well. Okay, like, I saw it and then I was like, oh, "Okay, it's a draw, fair enough." And then they scored again. I was like, "Is this happening?" Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's fucked. But um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I always I was, thought he was I, quite a good player. I was quite impressed whenever he came on for Spurs. Yeah, he never really I got a for him, run in the you team. You just see like them signing Kulusevski, them signing Richardson. I don't think he fits into your, Conte's your kind of formations. opportunities for game time is just gone. So. Yeah, I don't think he suits Conte's formation how he wants to set his team up. And like, yeah, cash, cash in on him. I don't think they got him for much money either. So like selling him on, I think they made a little bit of profit. He's yeah. always going to Ajax. Maybe they're, maybe they're looking at him to, as a replacement for Harlow. You know, another Premier League player come, yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't, do any, didn't like break any ground, you know what I mean? And yeah, maybe in a couple of years we'll see him at Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll just see him the, back the, the circle of life, the yeah, circle no, of football is, in life. Fuck. Yeah. I think I mean, that's all like the kind of main chat. That's the main chat at the minute. I mean, Obviously, the women's Euro starts today. Women's Euro starts today. You've got England versus Austria. Uh, we're actually half an hour into that. I haven't, we haven't watched any of it. We're here. But we'll we'll, we'll come about come, it next week. Come on, your lionesses. Yeah. yeah, always like to see them do Roar. well. Yeah, it's important for <laughs> it's important for the game. But um, yeah, no. I, obviously, fantasy starting, so we're gonna have a little. Not in the pod, but a little separate video. We're going to have a chat, all things, all fantasy, things fantasy. Yeah, kind of like our first thoughts. Obviously, it's too close to the start of the season. We'll start like, releasing uh, confirmed, some but... early images of yeah. our drafts and stuff we'll like that. We'll do some early thoughts on the prices and who we think must have. Some good neighbours, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll yeah do a I mean, chat about that. Hopefully, in the next week, you know, the we'll transfers just... start picking up a bit again, and we'll do some previews on the teams in the prem. Now that we're getting close, preseason start. Oh, mate, we're, we're, like, we're like a month away. We'll do some previews on who we think are dark horses in the Prem, who we think's had a good window so far, and just kind of our thoughts on every team before the season starts. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of transfers obviously going on in the Premier League, like with with uh, clubs outside the top six. Um, so we will cover those yeah, yeah. Like, more in depth when we talk about those teams and their, our predictions for the season, things yeah. like that. Uh, I know, like Leeds have literally just signed a bloke from uh, Leipzig. Oh, yeah, they signed Tyler Adams. Which is really highly rated. Yeah, Joe um, Rebo to Southampton. Joe Rebo to Southampton. I really, do you know what? When I was watching Rangers in the uh, Europa League. Um, Him in yeah. the final, he was insane. Yeah, he, he was he was unbelievable. I yeah, thought he, he's, 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 like, yeah. he's like a really tall, lanky guy. But yeah, he, he, he moves like, he's a bit like a Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah, nah, really he's, tall, he's good. You know? But yeah, we'll chat all things kind of teams outside the top six we won't forget about you don't you worry no we're, we're here for you I, I like the teams outside the top six more than top six top six is just drama Arsenal things, might not be a top six team anymore so I mean that's a, that's a debate isn't it yeah, yeah. So what, is, what even is a top six I think maybe we should six. start talking about the top two yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's exactly. more yeah, accurate yeah, because that that's it. maybe Chelsea is the, as the third nah, team and then you've got four or five and six and it's just that mean? It's like, um, oh who you support Chelsea fuck Chelsea come on yeah no we all hate Chelsea apart from Chelsea fans yeah no we're 
we are totally unbiased in our board, uh, board draw. Yeah, I think if um, we hate anything, it's Talksport. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm joking. For the dead opinions, yeah. clip it All right. Anyway, we're gonna wrap yeah, it up I hope here. You enjoyed. Have yeah. a good week, everyone. Yeah, it's been board draw and it's live. Come on.